0: Welcome, everyone, to the Stupid Sexy Podcast.
1: Feels like I'm podcasting nothing at all.
0: That's right. And today we are going to talk about, well, the first and potentially only Thanksgiving-themed episode of The Simpsons, a.k.a. Bart versus Thanksgiving. It's like a court case here. Season 2, episode 7. And I believe the original air date was, in fact, November 22nd, 1990, which would put it right around Thanksgiving time. So. Nice. There you go. It's a... Definitely be an interesting episode to review. Uh, This one's got a little bit of the, the feels in it, slightly. But it's an interesting story, and... I think after we analyze it we'll we'll come back and uh sort of review what our opinions are on it. Sometimes I go a little back and forth on this one. I'll tell you why at the end, but uh but we gotta start off the episode with our chalkboard gag, which is a very, very weird one. I will not do that thing with my tongue. And my mind went to a lot of dirty places. I'd rather not think about it. And then when they go to jump on the couch, Grandpa's sleeping on it, and they startle him and pretty much almost give him a heart attack. There's a couple of Grandpa couch gags with that. So it is Thanksgiving Day in the Simpsons' house. And what do we have going on? Marge is puttering about in the kitchen, doing all kinds of stuff while Maggie's just watching. She's like pulling the guts out of the turkey and everything. And then Maggie just casually escapes from her high chair. Wanders into the living room where they're watching the parade, Homer and Bart. And Bart doesn't know any of the classic cartoon characters. Who's that? That's Bullwinkle. What about that? That's Underdog. Don't you know anybody?
1: But first, they're fighting over the glue. Oh, God. Yeah. Give me back the glue. You don't even want it. You just want it because I need it. Look, here, have it. I don't want your stupid glue.
0: <laughs> it's we're kind of following Maggie right now cuz she ends up going up to Lisa's room. So it's sort of like a little bit of a little bit of a Maggie's kind of like the story anchor right now. She, we're following her and where she goes is where the story goes. But Lisa makes this really fancy centerpiece that's actually so it's exactly what it is yeah and she's like it's it's all about honoring women Georgia O'Keeffe Susan B. Anthony Marjorie Stoneman Douglas you know later worked her entire life to preserve the Florida Everglades so that's going to be the centerpiece on the table and did you notice the turkey looks like Homer in Lisa's little piece yeah, she's got a turkey in there and actually kind of has a Homer look to it. So Bart joins Marge in the kitchen and wants to help out. She's just like, well, you're kind of in the way, but you can at least do the cranberry sauce. And then this is like, cool. st- how do you do that? <laughs> yeah. This, isn't this not like the perfect like 10 year old kid helping out in the kitchen scenario too?
1: Yeah, you end up doing everything anyway.
0: Yeah, he's just like not really doing anything.
1: So well, how, Where? where is it?
0: It's in the bottom. Of the
1: cans yeah. are no nope. further down. <laughs> Got it. Now where's the can opener? The second drawer on the left. Nope, oh, not that one. Nope, the other one. All right. It's broken, Mom. Mom, it's broken. It's broken, Mom. Mom, it's <laughs> broken.
0: Mom, it's broken. Mom, it's broken. And then she just <laughs> opens it. And then all he does is just dump it out. And that's it. He's done. He's helped make dinner. <laughs> ah, cranberry sauce a la Bart. Uh, Bart, can you put it in the fridge? Art, he's and already in the room. <laughs> and she's just humming away as she's doing it. So of course, uh, Homer is picks up Maggie. He's like, "Look, Maggie, that's the Dallas Cowboys. That's Daddy's favorite team." And then they show one of the opponents is like got a potential career-threatening injury, and Homer's just like laughing about it. <laughs> uh gotta love it. All the all the tropes of Thanksgiving Day, right? Yeah, you watch the, the Isn't it always the Dallas Cowboys too? It's pretty much always, yeah.
1: Yeah, Dallas Cowboys. And We you know why it's always Dallas Cowboys? Because they're America's team. Because guess who is like one of the higher up guys on the committee that picks who gets scheduled?
0: Good old Sherry Jones. There you go. And they know that's going to be a popular-ass day to, for football.
1: Yeah, because you just you watch the parades, and then you watch football, and then you just slip
0: into a coma. get a nice little food coma going. So, of course, uh, Homer, as soon as Margie's sisters arrives, Homer uses that as the cue to go pick up his dad at the old folks' home. Because... He gives them both a kiss. I gotta go pick up the old man. Do, do you notice he got him wrong? He calls him by the wrong names, <laughs> which is hysterical. Well, I figured he did something because he's laughing as he leaves. Yeah, and they're just and they're just absolutely hating every minute of it. And he puts on the halftime show, and as he's puttering along, he's flashing his headlights to the to the beat. And he goes to pick up his dad, who doesn't want to leave the old folks home. Because, you know, they're, they're doing all those nice letters and everything. He's like, come on, Dad, this place is depressing. <laughs> Which is always... Better, just... He's
1: reading the letters of all everyone's family members that are regrettably cannot come.
0: Of course, yeah. And then it's the taxi pulls up, and Marge's mom gets out. Like the, the guy runs out of the taxi to go open up the door for her, and she gets out the other side. And then she comes in through the back door. Like, she walks around the house. And she's like, I have laryngitis. So I just uh, want... You call me Big Johnny. Oh, God. <laughs> I just want to let you know, you never do anything right. Oh, God. She's- yeah, she's horrible. What the hell?
1: Yeah, Mrs. Bouvier is a real bee.
0: A real bee, yeah. But, everything's going to be fine. Because... We're all going to sit at the table.
1: Oh, yeah. Apparently, and and someone brought... Oh, yeah. They brought, brought food. And, and yeah. she's like, you know, I'm making a turkey. He's like, yeah, your turkey's always dry AF. Yeah.
0: So if you want to have actually moist meat... Have- I don't know how your family does Thanksgiving, but my family all have assignments. Like... That was usually the way it went. And my grandmother... To this day still, and she is 93 now, uh, is still the one who takes care of the turkey. And I remember the one year she didn't do a very good job with it. So, like, that Thanksgiving, I loaded up on everything else, and I had, like, the tiniest sliver of turkey ever because I was afraid to eat it. But, like, I still wanted to make sure I ate some of it because I was worried about it. But I, I don't think she completely cooked it the right way. Like, I don't think it was fully cooked. So I was just like, well, I'm not going to die. So I'll take this sliver here that looks like it's pretty well cooked. I'll I do that. I
1: do get to Thanksgiving because my family goes way too far away for me personally. I go to my cousin's house like two, three hours away, you know, in South Carolina. Ah. So I stay back and I make like Instamash and stuff. But my sister works at Walmart. So she works at, you know, 6 p.m. So it gives me an excuse to be staying as well, because I'll just make mine and my sister's food, and she's got to go to work.
0: Well, there you go. Yeah, the uh, I do enjoy th- Thanksgiving as a family holiday, though, and I very, very much hope we get to do it this year. We shall Doubt we shall see. We shall see Thanksgiving, how Thanksgiving in 2020 goes, but we'll see. Who knows? If you guys are listening to this episode a few years down the line, maybe everything's great now. I have no idea. I don't have that 2020 vision. Uh, I know, it's terrible. I remember how
1: 2020 was going to be the fucking best?
0: It was supposed to be, yeah. It was supposed to be our year, and then it just didn't. So
1: uh, fucking six, not even six full weeks in.
0: I know. <laughs> so, uh, Lisa is presenting her centerpiece. Bart is presenting the turkey. Or <laughs> has got, like, the automated slicer all ready to go. And, of course, they get into a fight. So the first
1: issue is they don't have enough space for both of them. Yeah, Like, what the fuck were they planning on doing?
0: And they're spilling stuff and everything. But, jeez. Like, nobody steps in and tries to stop what's happening and tries to prevent anything from happening until the confrontation actually gets physical because the centerpiece ends up in the fire. It burns up. Lisa starts attacking Bart. And then finally Homer and Marge just step in and separate them. Lisa runs to her room crying. And Marge gets a little harsh. Tells Bart that he ruined Thanksgiving. Which, even for a bratty kid, that's kind of rough on a ten-year-old. Look at what you did, you little shit. <laughs> yeah, look what you did, you little shit. Thanks a lot, Kevin McAllister. Do you also notice that the Thanksgiving time frame is actually pretty damn accurate when bart sneaks out of the house it's still perfectly daylight because everybody has thanksgiving dinner at like 3 p.m yep yeah so of course they're trying to do they're trying to do the blessing and home you know homer's just like pleading to god to forgive the family for being terrible and it's just like, all right. So Marge consoles Lisa and is like, Bart, come downstairs and give a genuine apology. He's like, I didn't do anything wrong. So he's just like, fine. I'm going to teach him a lesson. I'm going to run away. And as he's running away, Homer throws Santa's little helper outside because he's trying to eat some of the turkey. And Bart's like, come on, boy. Come with me. And now we get Bart's little Thanksgiving adventure here. Right off the bat, he goes and he somehow ends up in Mr. Burns' neighborhood. Where Burns has like the super elaborate Thanksgiving dinner that he's just gonna throw out. And he it's, eats like it's, two things so that Smithers like, oh, cooked so for him. Delicious, yeah. So as Bart's sneaking in to get the pie on the windowsill, he sets off the security alarms and the security guards who are eating like T V dinners on Thanksgiving. Radio M is like, uh it's a male suspect, ages nine to eleven, release the hounds.
1: They just push him right through the
0: bush in the bushes. Yep. And then Bart literally walks onto the wrong side of the tracks and finds that there's a there's a place to sell your plasma. And he's like, "Ooh, twelve bucks!" So he pulls out Homer's ID, sells blood, gets a free cookie. It must be awesome.
1: Twelve bucks and a free cookie.
0: Meanwhile, Lisa writes this really freaking intense poem.
1: Yeah, I'm about overreacting on her side too.
0: <laughs> a little bit, yeah. And Marge's mom just continues to be a bitch. I just want to say, I'm sorry I came.
1: <laughs> you guys are
0: my family. Yeah, you guys like my family. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh. For, for those of you listening to this show who don't understand wrestling references, John Laurinaitis, or as he's as he was called, Johnny Laryngitis because of his raspy-ass voice.
1: Because he took a couple of good old clubbers from
0: Vader right to the throat. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Back and in uh, all Japan in the 90s.
0: <laughs> and he, he ended up getting together with the mom of the Bella Twins. And I don't think you have to be a wrestling fan to know who they are. So he
1: hired because he was a good
0: because that's who they wanted back then. Oh God, the I know day. it's so terrible. Uh just terrible stuff all around. Speaking of terrible, Lisa's attitude and Bart's attitude is pretty bad. But of course, we'll come back. Also, I, I mentioned this on my Facebook, and I, I know you'll appreciate this. And I mentioned this on the the newest episode of the Nerd Table. So, like, I'm re- we're rewatching Parks and Rec, right? And they're doing a Valentine's Day episode. The first one, the Valentine's Day one from season two. And there's snow on the ground and it's cold out. And I'm like, yes, finally, a TV show remembers that, like, that holiday takes place in February. Because even on The Simpsons, you know, Ralph Wiggum walking Lisa home from school and it's sunny out and uh, everybody forgets when that holiday is. And, again, here we are. It's Thanksgiving. It's late November. And it's just a nice balmy day. There's no need yeah, for jackets. Where I lived,
1: it had already been snowing for a month.
0: I know. I oh, it's just... it Stuff like that drives me nuts because even in Florida, when I lived in Florida, even then, late November, you got a little bit of a break from that summer humidity. And The Simpsons ain't in Florida. It's not... There's... It's late November. Can we just—is it asking too much for these TV shows to get their geography right? Seriously, even Aqua Teen Hunger Force got it right by having snow on the ground for those for those holidays. They did the Valentine's Day thing where they get the Carl and shake get the the mail order bride, and there's snow on the ground. And the pool's frozen over. Like Mister Shook? Master Shook? I know it's a, I know it's a thing, but like yeah. So Bart's. So Bart had passed out because of the plasma. And two homeless guys take him to the shelter to get some food. And there's Kent Brockman in a blue suit doing a report, you know, self-serving commentary and everything. And he interviews Bart, which, of course, the family sees right as Lisa's, like, reading her poem. How long have you been on the streets, young man? About five years. Yeah. And just like, got anything you want to say to your family? Yeah, right,
1: right as Lisa starts to read her poem. Yeah.
0: <gasps> Bart! I didn't apologize. (laughs) Did you also notice their TV was in front of the fireplace? Just blocking the fireplace? How many TVs go above the fireplace? Yeah, but back in 1991...
1: Well, that was, like, the living room wasn't fully fleshed out still.
0: Yeah. Even Family Guy had the house fleshed out. Come on, Simpsons. What are you doing?
1: we're worry, on a Happy Days, between Seasons 2 and 3, they redo almost half the house. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, of course, uh, Homer, of course, uh, calls the police. And they're just like, he's down at the soup kitchen. They're like, nope, he's long gone. And Eddie and Lou's voices are 100% switched. I don't know if you noticed that or not. When Eddie talks, it's Lou's voice. When Lou talks, it's Eddie's voice. So I guess they were still feeling out those characters, too. They've got the right skin color on Lou this time, but yeah. So, of course, they're like, Bart, you got a place to stay? He's like, yeah, I got a family I hang out with, and he realizes that he really doesn't have it that bad because he sees how the homeless are living after they leave the shelter. And hey, he... I got,
1: like, 12 bucks. So you guys... Not too big to take it money from a kid. I wouldn't. No, man, I'm not too big for that. <laughs> you got an issue with
0: that? No, man. <laughs> so of course Bart goes home, and he's about to go inside, and he has a vision of what's going to happen when he apologizes, and it's actually kind of terrifying. <laughs> it's you now your-
1: apologize
0: because I'm bald. <laughs> it's your I, fault I'm bald. And then Maggie, it's your fault I can't talk. It's your fault. America has lost its way. And uh, Bart's just like, yeah, screw this. And he gets up onto the roof and he realizes, holy crap, all my balls and frisbees are up here. All the crap you lost off the roof. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I can't say I ever lost a toy on the roof of the house where I was growing up. What we used to do is we used to throw stuff over the house. Like... Oh, yeah, classic. Yeah, you know, you position your friends in the backyard you go in the front yard, you throw it, and you try to throw it to each other. We always did that, but uh, all the... Yeah. I mean, we had,
1: I mean, we were like in a double-wide, so it wasn't that much of a, a curved roof. So if it was a ball, it would fall down. Uh, maybe if you had like a Frisbee or something, it would get stuck. But we were in Central New York, so we had shit for getting stuff off of a roof. Yep, there you go. Because you got to... You got to clear off the roof with snow, otherwise you're freaking going to cave in, bro. So we had special stuff for getting snow off a roof, so you use that thing and get your whatever off the roof. Meanwhile, in North
0: Carolina, you hardly ever see snow. No, we didn't have any last year. Well, neither did we, but... But we're, we're supposed to have snow. <laughs> That's the thing. We got a little oh, bit... Oh,
1: 2020. I think we're all going to get married.
0: Yeah, I, I think I'll see <laughs> So of course uh, Lisa's now writing another poem About missing her brother And how it's her fault And all this other stuff And Bart's just like Lisa I'm up on the roof So she very nimbly swings up there And they End up Bart ends up apologizing sincerely Because He's like hey Just take a minute and think about it and he's just like, ah, oh, she See worked all her hard doing. up and I made her cry. He's like, oh. And of course, Homer is eavesdropping in on this too. And he's like, hey guys, we're we're actually great parents. So they have a late night turkey sandwich meal, and Homer blesses the family. Santa's a little helper in Snowball too You get a slice of turkey. And they eat a nice late night. Turkey sandwich, Thanksgiving dinner. Bart versus Thanksgiving. And in the end, Thanksgiving is victorious. What do you think? Bart versus Thanksgiving.
1: I think it's kind of important. You know? Family dynamic
0: episode. I go back and forth on this one because... I I like it and I really appreciate it the story behind it. But it is one that gets a little heavy on the feelings. Not as heavy as it could obviously. But it's just uh one of those things where it's like, man, if if I'm in the mood for a fun Simpsons episode, you you're not going to want to watch this one cuz this one isn't as fun as some of the other ones, but uh yeah. But yeah, this is a it is a is a very important episode. Oh, I, I forgot to mention Marge's mom's famous last line. I'd say something comforting, but I can't because of my voice. Which is such a waste. Uh, she's terrible. So let's do, do you something. Have any, do you have
1: any interesting uh, stories from your own Thanksgivings?
0: Um... I have I, I actually do have a pretty funny one. So the uh, we always have Thanksgiving at my, my one aunt and uncle's house because they have a really nice big house. They've got the really, really big table so they can put the whole family at it. And when my cousin Mike was younger, he was a little bit of a terror. And I remember we heard a crash coming from downstairs you know, in like the the downstairs family room, we hear this big crash and my other cousin comes up. We hear screaming and crying. My other cousin comes upstairs. He's just like, yeah, Mike pushed a TV tray on top of Ashley, which is my other cousin. And it was actually Ashley's brother coming up the stairs. My cousin, Matthew. He's like, yeah, uh, Michael just pushed a TV tray on top of her. And my uncle is the, the meek member of that family. But I saw him get up and fly downstairs, come flying back up the stairs with the kid literally scooped under his arm and basically threw him into his room and left him there. And he's just like, uh, he's going to stay in there until he behaves. And then a little bit later in the evening, he gets up and he goes and checks on him and he comes back kind of giggling. Like, what's so funny? He goes, I asked him if he was ready to behave and he said no. (laughs) So he just left him in his room. (laughs) Hey, the kid was honest about it. So, and that was the infamous Thanksgiving that my mom had the flu and had to stay home and got to miss miss the fun, as we like to say. I mean, Thanksgivings are, have always been relatively uneventful. I can't think of anything like really major that's happened that would be like really story worthy or anything like that. I I always just remember having a good time at Thanksgiving because. You know, I I love my grandmother to death, but she insists on having Christmas in her house. Her house is way too small for as big as the family got, and my aunt and uncle's house was always the most comfortable. And the only time we actually did Christmas at their house the one year, the year when my grandfather passed away, because he actually passed away uh, the day before my birthday, so it would have been like a week before Thanksgiving, and we just didn't want to subject Grandma to the, the hassle of dealing with Christmas that year. So we did Christmas at my aunt uncle's house, and it was just so much more comfortable because there's so much more room. Because now, you know, my cousin, my cousin has three kids. My sister's got two kids. You know, all my cousins are grown up. Now some of them have girlfriends that they bring around. So it's just one of those things where it's like, oh, there's just too many people here. And the house is just not because, you know, in that part of New Jersey, the houses are all built on top of each other. They're all, they're all very compact. So just one of those things, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, Thanksgiving's a a special holiday for me. And I, I am hoping something happens because this is the first year I actually got Black Friday off from work. So I have a four day weekend to look forward to. And that will actually be my next vacation will be that weekend. So at least I got that on the horizon, whether or not I go to Thanksgiving, I do have a four day weekend. So my wife and I can at least do something. And if we have to prepare the turkey ourselves, we will. So I assume you've got a Thanksgiving story. Yes. I I got chicken pox on Thanksgiving. Oh no! So I ate my Thanksgiving dinner and then an hour later I threw it all up. Chicken pox makes you throw up? Or you were were just really sick, I guess.
1: Uh, My sister throws up anything's wrong with her oh god i'm like i'm I'm actually glad i'm a pooper
0: (laughs) uh yeah (laughs) stomach distress makes me poop yeah that's i used to be really like i went for a really long time without ever without ever doing the vomit and then i just remember i got food poisoning really bad and and then like two years in a row here at my current job, I got the freaking stomach virus like two years in a row, almost around the exact same time. And I was really mad about that. The first one, I can't really, wasn't really surprised by because we were staying at my sister's house and my little nephew was sick. And I probably just picked it up from him. I don't know where it came from the second time, but I remember like the day before I was scheduled to leave for my vacation to Disney. We were going to take that road trip. Uh, We were, I took a half day on that Friday so we could drive out that night. And that Thursday night, one of my freaking coworkers comes in on the night crew and she had been sick and throwing up and everything. And I'm like, you need to stay away from me. Do not touch my tape gun. I was so adamant about that. Like I was, I was really being a dick about it, but I'm like, I swear to God, if I get a stomach virus on my vacation, I'm seriously going to come back here and beat the shit out of somebody. Well, that's one discuss- so, disgusting. So because I point.
1: got chicken pox on Thanksgiving, I only missed like one day of school. Oh,
0: of course, of course,
1: of course. Because I was asymptomatic and pretty much spot free—not not completely spot free, but pretty much spot free by the Monday.
0: Well, that's a good thing, I guess.
1: Take the vino baths. You put on stuff, and yeah. I got the
0: I got the vaccine. So, although I do believe I caught it one time. But because I had the oh, that was great
1: because my sister was like in kindergarten, so she got it when it went through her class. Of course, and so then because of that, I got it when I was in fifth grade. Of course, and then because of that, my father, who was twenty nine and had never gotten it, (laughs) yeah, that'll cause the problem. He got it, and the
0: older you are, the worse it is. Like his were
1: big old fat boys on his face.
0: When it goes to shingles, you are screwed. Alright. I got trivia about this episode. Let's get let's get past the gross stuff, the, the vomit and oozing festering sores. Alright. This is the first time Mr. Burns unleashes the hounds. Oh yeah, he threatened to do it before. Yes, he, he actually did it before. So of course, one of the guards at Burns' mansion is leading is reading Les Miserables. And the main character is imprisoned for stealing a loaf of bread after breaking a window. Mm -hmm. So a little bit of a tie Jean Valjean. So, of course, the the, the funny reference is uh, when Bart's like, wouldn't it hurt him to use some cartoon characters made in the last 50 years and the Bart Simpson balloon appears? And Thanksgiving Day 1990, when the episode aired, a Bart Simpson balloon appeared in the parade for the first time. They can't just put any cartoon on there. It has to have a lasting whatever. Exactly. Word. Kent Brockman's first appearance since Krusty gets busted, so he hadn't become a real mainstay character just oh, yet. You were for that one. Yeah, uh, we're rooting for you, Kent. Yes. After the centerpiece is destroyed, Lisa writes a poem beginning, "I saw the best meals of my generation destroyed." This is a reference to the poem "Howl." By Allen Ginsberg, which begins, "I saw the best minds of my generation destroyed by madness, starving, hysterical, naked." And Ginsberg apparently was said to be pleasantly amused by that reference. So, when Bart brings the turkey to the table, he sings the 20th Century Fox fanfare opening. Uh, George Myers, the one who suggested Bart goes up on the roof, because when he had fights with his family, that's where he went. The, uh, one of the homeless men, Dan Castellaneta Voices, he uses an imitation of Bill Murray. I don't think I even picked up on that. The street that Mr. Burns lives on is the corner of Croesus and Mammon, two symbols of wealth. So, of course. And the two Dallas Cowboys that play on the team are Jay Cogan and Wallace Woldorarski, which are actually writers of The Simpsons. so of course we had to get that in there too bart versus thanksgiving important a little bit emotional but you know what it's uh i think you could definitely do worse actually there's no doubt about it you could definitely do worse Next time on the stupid sexy podcast, we're going to talk Bart the Daredevil, one of the most important episodes of the Simpsons ever, in Classic. Fact, It's the one where he jumps Springfield Gorge. You oh, know does it. Does he? You know the episode. We'll talk or about that Homer yep. actually end up doing it. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll be next time on the stupid sexy podcast. Till then, I am Chris, that is Dan. And we'll see you next time for another Stupid Sexy Podcast.
1: Feels like I'm podcasting nothing at all.